What is going on, beautiful people? I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're doing absolutely incredible. I'm sending you all of my love, well wishes, and good vibes through the airwaves. We've got another tremendous episode of the podcast for you today. We have former military captain Rachel Jackson on, and we're talking about the power of storytelling and community. Uh, Rachel is a very interesting person. Uh, person. She holds a degree in engineering physics and a minor in nuclear engineering. Um, she is a graduate of the United States Military Academy and a former army captain and Apache helicopter pilot. Um, we had an interesting conversation before and after the podcast. Uh, really amazing person. You know, it's interesting because she is more, uh, what, what do I call it, like traditionally um, religious more than, you know, some of the guests I've had where um, it's not like a, a traditional Christian guest or things like that. So she's more on the traditional side and we have a great discussion because she shares her views and how she navigates in the world. And I kind of say, you know, some of it I agree with, some of it I don't agree with, some of it I just have a little bit of a different perspective with. And it reminds me of, I think I talk about it in the podcast. One of my uh, friends is very religious and she says, you know, God helps me do everything. I do everything through God. And it's this, what I realized when she explained how she operated, it was giving it over to the universe, giving it over to God. And, and I don't think atheists and people who, um, let's say, don't have a spiritual practice, they don't have that connection with some sort of force. When I'm with the Native American elders, they call it creator. But of all the people that I've interviewed and I've spoken with who've had really amazing results, they have some sort of connection with God's spirit, the universe in their own way. And Rachel kind of demonstrates her own connection. It's through a traditional faith, um, you know, something that I, I grew up uh, a Christian, but I don't really resonate with exactly that model anymore, but I do resonate with some of Jesus's teachings, but I also resonate with some of the Buddhist teachings. And so um, it's interesting because um, it's a great two-way discussion. She shares her views, then I kind of share mine and how I view it. And so we talk about uh, military history, the impact of her mother's death, the power of storytelling, um, the need for building empathy, uh, the loneliness pandemic, the number one source of meaning is meaningful relationships, um, why kindness should be dominant and uh, you know why somebody could believe something that you don't believe but you you don't have to um, hate them. And so we kind of demonstrate on the podcast where we might have uh, some different views but we, we have a really great discussion on ideas and spiritual connection and all those kinds of things. So I hope that you enjoy the episode. If you like it, please share it. Uh, leave a review on iTunes. They're incredibly helpful. You can um, toss a buck in the bucket on Patreon if you wish. And also, if you want to go a step further and you really want to get clear on your life purpose, you want meaningful tools for having a vocation, overcoming self-sabotage, check out the Soul Compass course. It really is 400 episodes combined into a very succinct and powerful personal development spiritual course to activate your inner knowing your your natural god-given guided system for how to navigate life how to navigate this mystery in a meaningful way you can get that at the academy so go to mattbelair.com and uh, you'll see the academy linked up there also the heart journey is going to be coming out soon some incredible guided experiences so make sure you go to mattbelair.com to stay up to date i'll also be running an event with mark england on uh two saturdays from now uh, August 29th. So check that out. Go to mattbelair.com so you can sign up for that. It's going to be amazing. So let's get into this episode by coming into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with 
peace, joy, compassion, enthusiasm, connection, purpose, courage, and ready to take on this amazing episode with Rachel Jackson. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest holds a degree in engineering physics with a minor in nuclear engineering, but found her passion in entrepreneurship and helping connect people to a more meaningful life. She is a graduate of the United States Military Academy, a former Army captain and Apache helicopter pilot. She is the founder of the Tribal App and believes in the power of strategic storytelling to connect people to more meaningful relationships and to resources for hope, help, and purpose. Welcome to the show, Rachel Jackson. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, like I said, when we were kind of chatting before the show came on, I was inspired by your badass bio. I was like, holy smokes, this woman's not to be messed with. So um, I really like what you're working on. You have a really incredible background. So why don't we just start there? Like, uh, Talk a little bit about your background and then how you transitioned into what you're working on today. Yeah, well, I feel pretty lucky to have my story. Uh, I guess if I, back in high school when I was 18 years old, if I had my way with it, wouldn't have turned out that way because uh, my mom actually called the army recruiter and enlisted me <laughs> out, of, out of high school. So I enlisted and I found, uh, I made a friend in the army who was applying to West Point and I uh, got a command referral, went to the prep school and kind of snuck in the back door of West Point. So I'm very grateful that my mom called the army recruiter. But that's uh, um, where I found my stride, I guess. I, I really enjoyed and thrived in the military. And so um, in West Point, uh, did a lot for me, taught me a lot about leadership, about um, discipline and respect and honor, uh, integrity, and a lot of uh, a lot of other values. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that story. Um, I forgot what else you asked me, so. <laughs> well, just any any part of your bio. Any part of my bio. Well, I mean, you said physics, engineering physics, and you're right, I do have a degree in that, and uh, but I haven't done anything with that except for maybe applied physics in flying a helicopter. Um, so that was uh, probably the highlight of some of um, my stories was being an Apache pilot. Also very uh, grateful for that opportunity. Um, flew with a lot of um, amazing pilots who've done some amazing work and I'm very honored to be a part of that. Um, but that, you know, time seems like a long time ago and uh, it's not really, uh, it's part of my story and part of the reason why um, we've been a little bit successful with Tribal App is because of that warrior mentality and some of those connections. But um, uh, it's, it's, what I'm really excited about right now is what we're building with Tribal. Yeah, well, let's, let's talk about that because after the military, then you moved on and you were the uh, founder and CEO of Community Journal, right? Yeah, actually, um, so my mom ended up passing away in 2010. And um, at that time, I had been medically discharged from the Army and had gone through a, kind of a period of depression on my uh, own. I, I was really planning on a career in the military and um, you know, kind of had my identity solely built up in being a pilot and uh, an officer. And so when I was medically discharged, I went through this really very difficult time. And I, 
and I'm a Christian and I believe in the Lord and he really walked me through a very difficult time and started to show me who he was. And, um, I got to, to know him because he, he was there in my, um, kind of dark days, I would say, I uh, started to, to kind of move forward and, uh, got a job, um, in Huntsville, Alabama and worked for the government. And then, uh, was kind of on my fast track to government security when, like I said, my mom passed away. And at that point in time, I actually went through kind of a crisis in my faith um, because people would say, oh, she's in a better place. <laughs> and I was like, really? Because <laughs> that seems so far-fetched. Um, you know, like I said, uh, my degree is in physics. And um, uh, my dad isn't, he's not a believer. He's an uh, atheist. And he had always challenged me to have uh, a reason for my faith. And so for about three months after my mom passed away, uh, I, I didn't, I was struggling to believe. And all I could say is, you know, God help me believe. And what he did was he's walked me through my story and how he had been with me and had um, been answering so many of my prayers and, and walked me through and I had gotten to know him. And at the end of three months, I said, okay, I believe in God because I've experienced him. He's changed my life. And so, you know, what do you want me to do? And he said he wanted me to do something to reach people who are going through very difficult times uh, and who need to be connected to hope, help and purpose. And he said that the way to do it was going to be through stories and relationships. And uh, I know that sounds weird to some people, you know, God doesn't talk audibly a lot of times. Um, and I didn't hear it audibly, but that was just the impression in my heart was that uh, somehow I was going to connect people to hope, help, and purpose through stories and relationships. And so that was 10 years ago. Um, and ever since then, I've been working to figure out what that looked like. Wow. And so is that the, is that the tribal app and, and essentially how that's manifested? It is now the tribal app. So what started was um, I started a blog. And I realized that there's 600 blogs or 600 million blogs with a new one created every half second and nobody cared what I had to say. So that wasn't going to reach millions. <laughs> so I ended up starting um, an online magazine and I uh, reached out to people I knew at my church who had amazing stories and testimonies of hope. And they were, they shared their stories and we, we weren't preachy and we weren't trying to proselytize or anything. We're just sharing our stories. And, um, so in 2012, we raised $7,000 in a Kickstarter campaign to take that magazine that was online and make it a print magazine because that's where I was business-wise back then. I didn't even have a smartphone. So <laughs> uh, I was like, print sounds like a good idea. So uh, we printed our first issue of Shattered Magazine and that got picked up by Barnes & Noble and Books A Million, but turned down by uh, some Christian um, publishing houses. And so I felt very validated that we were headed in the right direction and we were trying to find a way to connect with anybody who needed hope, help, and purpose. And so about five years ago, I realized that we needed to do something digitally and that's where tribal started to, to evolve. So, um, yeah. Excellent. And, and so with the tribal app, like on, on the website, it talks about uh, experience travel for impact, for business, for 
for purpose or not per, for for military and so how does the app and like what are what are your views on leadership and like how do we how do you use the app or your just thoughts in general on on those kinds of topics like what are you trying to teach yeah well first of all i think leaders strong leaders leaders who care about their people leaders who are trying to make an impact in the world and help people do great things and live meaningful lives, uh, whatever that means to you. But I think leaders are sorely needed um, in our communities, in our country, in, in our world. And the problem is, is that leaders are literally at war, I believe, for the hearts and minds of their people. I think that we are fighting constantly a barrage of messages in a barrage of noise uh, that would have people think that they're isolated, um, alone, um, and that leads to more division than it does to bringing us together and uh, into the kinds of relationships that can make positive change. Um, so when you have a billion websites and 600 million blogs, like I said, 3.6 billion social media users, 6 million apps on the app store, right? And then you've got the average person sees what, like over 5,000 ads a day. Uh, it got like less than three seconds to convince somebody to click on your post or your, your, your content uh, to, to deem it worthy. You have, um, you know, uh, used to take seven times in marketing for product price placement and position. Uh, in front of your target market and now it's upwards of 20 times if you're not saying it 20 times <laughs> it's not getting heard um, you know it's it's just there's such a need to to cut through the noise and connect people to what matters again yeah absolutely I agree and and when we started this conversation we talked a little bit about the polarity we're seeing in the world how you know we have all of these different things happening. There's all of these different movements, all these different beliefs and, and people are really fighting each other. And so what do you suggest or, or think about how do we have a, a polarizing view, but remain uh, civil, remain, um, yeah, I guess civil, because actually even one of my clients, she works on like peace missions, you know, at very high levels of, um, one of them was, uh, well, I can't really talk about it, but uh, just really, <laughs> I was like, wait, I was like, oh, I can't talk about that. Um, but uh, really crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Okay, I have a secret, I have a secret clearance. You can talk yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you would. Um, and so when you, cause you've been in high conflict uh, situations, you've seen these things before, but what about on a, on a level like human to human, because I've experienced that myself of just people really upset uh, for an opposing view. And, and it's like, can we let somebody else have another view that might even be completely opposite to our belief, but not um, hate them or, or take action in that kind of way? Um, well, I think we have a real need to build empathy for each other. Um, and that's why I, I really believe in the power of storytelling. Uh, I honestly think that we hate each other a lot less than um, probably the world would have us believe. <laughs> you know, when you, when the dominating messages across media and social networks, um, you know, basically what happens is, is that uh, with social networks, it's just this experiment of let humanity publish anything it wants and then let human nature dictates, dictate what rises to the top based on algorithms and what you like and click and all, all that kinds of stuff, you know? And so, um, unfortunately, 
you know, there's some good things about social networks uh, that have come about, you know, and they're not going anywhere, but there's some bad things that have come about from social networks too. And so what we're working to do is try to figure out how can we bring people back together and reconnect and realize that we don't hate each other and to maybe just get away from some of that messaging because the messaging that's dominating is getting paid for by clicks. It's getting paid for, you know, like it's, it, that's what's going to keep on getting pushed, you know? And so if we can walk down the street and say, you know, I wonder what their story is instead of judging people based on how they look, act or whatever, you know, if we can get to the point of empathy, we find that we have a lot more in common with each other than, than we ever knew, you know, and stories have a way of crossing all demographic barriers. And that's why I really love, I, I really believe that stories are this powerful on-ramp to, um, to more meaningful relationships and the kinds of resources that we need to change our lives, to change our families' lives, and to change our communities' lives. Absolutely. I, I, I agree 100%. I actually recently wrote an article just on um, expanding our compassion. Um, when we were chatting a bit before, I was telling you that I was just curious why we still had war and uh, starvation and famine. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I think that you know, if we see ourselves as a global community and we look for, you know, like our similarities are, are much different than, you know, whatever things we might have on the surface, whether it's a belief, whether it's the way we look, you know, but we seem to be focusing in and zeroing on those things. And you're right about the social media world right now, because uh, even in advertising, it, it's the big companies, you know, pharmaceuticals, things like that, you know, things that might not be for your own benefit or have the money to advertise. And in Buddhism, they talk about mental nutriments and it's essentially what hypnosis is. It's just like, if you're always seeing a certain image or a certain word or a certain idea, that's going to start to get implanted in the mind. And people aren't very cognizant of what they're taking in. And we really need to be cognizant of what we're taking in um, because it's going to affect how we operate in the world, how we see other people. One of the examples I gave before was people just watching TV and thinking it has no effect on them. Well, you know, it's not just CSI, like one show, you have genres of just murder shows. So mm -hmm. if you go to work and then all you do is watch murder shows about murder, you're going to be way more sketched out about the people walking down the road yeah. because that's all you're looking at all the time right and so it's going to affect your brain you i know? had to stop watching on order sbu because i was like <laughs> <laughs> i'm just uh i'm just depressed all the time <laughs> yeah yeah it, it absolutely matters and so you know what i'd love for you to speak about is how do you how, what do you recommend people do to get to a little bit more uh, meaning and purpose? And a secondary add-on question would be a little bit about leadership because growing up a martial artist, that's where I was taught, uh, you know, leadership and respect, you know, for self, respect for the, for other people and kind of translated. And I'm definitely not the perfect student, but I at least got accustomed to some of those ideals because if we can connect to something that's meaningful by our, our standards and purposeful, it's always a benefit to other people always, always, always it's of service to other people. And so that's when we need that, uh, that discipline and that uh, work ethic and that regimen to actually go make it happen. It's not just going to be gifted to you. We, we do need to work for it. Right. So um, that's a, I'm writing notes because that was a long question, <laughs> but uh, I don't, I want to address it because it's important. So you asked, what do you recommend to get people to a greater level of meaning and purpose in 
I would say that honestly, and I don't, it's not just based on this, okay, but as I was diving into kind of um, my studies on what we were trying to solve, the big problem that we needed to solve, um, I came across some shocking results uh, around the world, you know, and, and that is like, in Britain, they did a study where they found that three out of four, or no, no, I got that wrong. 90% of Brits ages 16 to 29 find life to be meaningless, meaningless. They have uh, suicide parties or cultural phenomenons now. Um, they have, they instituted a minister of loneliness in Britain. In America, we have three out of four Americans who say that they're lonely. Uh, you have, I think it's something like 26% of millennials say they have zero friends. Uh, what we have right now going on is a loneliness epidemic. And even though we are more and more connected and we feel like we're connected, you know, all over the world, we are missing out on quality, meaningful relationships with the people around us. And the National Institute of Health did a study back in 2007 where they found that the number one source of meaning is relationships, is <laughs> meaningful relationships. So even before you think that meaning would come from something like, a personal endeavor, some kind of community involvement, uh, some your faith or religion, um, uh, your work. Uh, you know, the, the people have like all this sort of sense of where does meaning come from. That's all good stuff. But if you don't have the relationships to empower that, then it's meaningless and it, it, it leads to a void. And that's um, honestly, I believe in my faith that Jesus wants us to have a relationship with him first. Absent of that, religion has killed more people in the history of the world, you know, this pursuit of religion. So to me, we need to reconnect people in relationships and the power of story to do that is, is, is what will help connect people back to that and to a greater sense of purpose. Um, and how do leaders figure into it? Well, I'm a big believer in servant leadership. Um, I'm also a big believer in figuring out how to inspire people to move to action rather than to demand that people move to action. Um, and so through strategic storytelling, I think that we can start to like open up people's eyes to the fact that there's hope for them in their stories, that there are resources for them uh, that can help them move to where they want to be, and that there is a purpose for your story, no matter what it is. Uh, that your story can be used for good and can be used for good in you um, as well. So what I would really love to see is leaders who know that pouring into their people, that helping their people, that serving their people, you know, that those kinds of leaders are the ones who are going to be those that, that inspire the greatness in people. Um, but we have to get rid of this need to be right <laughs> and to to just make everybody believe like us, you know, if you really want to move people to action, inspire people to action, meet them where they are, love them where they are, you know, accept them where they are, you know, like it's, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be, it's okay to have whatever kind of story you have, you know, but let's figure out how to move forward, how to, how to move out of, out of your story and into impacting other people's stories for good. Hmm. Well, when you're talking about the storytelling and connection, it, it made me think about training or studying with uh, some of the Native American elders I was lucky to learn from. And, and 
one of them in particular, David Lombard, had always talked about how you're not going to do anything by yourself. You need a community to do anything. And that was very much the uh, Native American value and culture. And another piece there, they have, they have strong community um, and they also have respect for their elders. They have respect uh, for the land and, and all these different things that I feel like in our world now with social media and the way things work, we're super disconnected. You know, the kids aren't connected to their parents and they're living in these fake virtual worlds and, and we really don't have connection and, and loneliness is a pandemic for sure. Uh, a suicide's a pandemic for sure. And especially with the coronavirus, um, you know, suicides have gone up, uh, domestic abuse has gone up. And so building community is so important. And when I research what's going on in the world, it's been depressing the last few months because I've seen a lot of really negative information. That's like, this is not good. And I, I always try to figure out what the solution is. And the solution is opting out of something that is uh, not of benefit of other people, accepting people for who they are, for what they believe, for every single thing, just let them do whatever they want to do. Um, and oppression because this is where it feels like a lot of oppression is happening because there seems to be a movement towards forced action. And I think that, that that's where things get a little bit uh, sketchy for lack of a better word, when we want to impose our view on someone else because we believe it. And, you know, whether it's, you know, and now right now masks is a big topic. And, you know, I was like, you know, if you want to wear a mask, wear, wear a mask. And, and there's, you know, you look at the data or whatever um, there's, there's, really compelling evidence that says you shouldn't wear masks. Some people say you really should wear a mask and says, I'm fine with that. But when we start to then impose it on other people and there's all these other things behind the scene, it starts to get a little bit sketchy for me. And so what brings me hope is knowing that when we see the way we don't want things, when we see the world as we don't want it and you say, wow, I don't want to be, uh, suppressed. I don't want to be oppressed. I don't want to be living this way. I want to create something better with other people who are at least like-minded. They're empathetic. They're compassionate. Um, they have similar values and they want to build something new. All we need is that participation. We need to just move towards that and participate for building something better. And so my question to you is when we see all of this craziness going on in the world, how do you think we move towards solutions? What solutions do you see available right now to move us and, and transform, whether it's a, on a local level, like a community where people might be able to work together and create something or, or on a more global or country level? Because it, it looks like America is really the hotspot right now and every, all the world is kind of um, viewing it. And I'm not going to get into political stuff because I've been, I've been more political in the last two months in my whole life because it's just going that way. And like our prime minister Trudeau and all the stuff he's connected to and like funding the Chinese government. I've been to China. It's communist. It's not good. I don't want that. You can't have Facebook and YouTube, man. That's crazy. And the censorship we're experiencing censorship that we've never experienced at, at this level before. And that's frightening. You know, people are, have a right to have their view. And, and even if I don't agree with it, just you get the right to say it. And so I'm just curious what you might think is going on and how could we come up with solutions, whether it's on a community level with who I'm around or on a global level, like my country, Canada, or even Canada globally, uh, America's, you know, the whole, the whole thing. Cause it looks like a lot of craziness is going on. Yeah, it does look like a lot of craziness is going on when you pay attention to that. Uh, but what you pay attention to will breed what actually happens in the future. <laughs> so if you, if you think about it, if, if we collectively as a whole just stopped 
giving credence to what's divisive and we stopped paying attention and we stopped clicking links. I know that it's that that likely won't happen and it definitely won't happen overnight because it's human nature and uh people who are really good at media have figured out how to get you to click. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's, you know, but it would be great if we could all just figure out how to collectively not click and how to turn around and focus on what's good, what needs to be fixed, and how do we come together? And I do think it needs to be on a hyper-local community basis. How do we come together and, and strategically assess what needs to change in our own community and how we're going to change it, measure the success of those efforts, and then adapt and overcome if we need to uh, to tweak things but i think um i think that there needs to be some strategic changes to a lot of things including how nonprofits do business and how we fund nonprofits and how we measure success in our communities and how we set the goals that we want to achieve but i also believe that there's a lot a lot of really good things happening there's a lot of really good movements towards solutions um and so if we can figure out how to come together and work together and achieve the network effects for good then that would be awesome and you know <laughs> i don't i don't want to oppose impose anybody's views i mean there's some there's some there's some things that we should hold with closed fists okay and that is truths you know all men are created equal uh the pursuit, I mean, for America, the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness, you know, and, and just there's, there's some things that we should hold in our hands as truths. And then there's some things that we should hold with an open hand and just let other people have their stories. And, and there's, there's just no need to make them think like me, you know, and, and as I interact with and love people, you know, my hope is that maybe somebody would ask why I have hope or why I have whatever it is because of my story, if I'm willing to share my stories. Um, and maybe they would be able to find some hope, help and purpose in their own story as well. Mm, I love that. I think that's a great analogy because I've been going through this and it's been challenging and you're right. If you stay down the rabbit hole, it's, it's really not that positive. How you, you talked about the importance of, of staying informed. So I want to ask you that um, staying informed. I really like, your analogy of, you know, one fist closed, one open, because I feel like there are truths that are like really hardcore true, you know, that we all, all know. And uh, I was having a debate with my friend or something. He's like, yeah, well, how do you know that's true? I was like, he's like, well, that's your truth. I was like, well, some truth is truth. Like if I look at you right now and I punch you as hard as I can in the face, I guarantee you, you're going to feel that. You know what I mean? That is true. And so we we're live in a world with fixed laws. <laughs> yeah. Physicists will know. And, you know, yeah, we have these other ones like, you know, even faith, right? Cause we talked about that a little bit earlier. Like I grew up a Christian. It's not my current belief system. I have a, you know, I like ascended masters. I read, I read Buddhism. I studied with Buddhist monks. Um, I, I studied a lot of different religions and it's interesting when you look at a lot of the stories, I find they're very similar. Right. And I find that some people, they, you know, I went to the Parliament of World Religions with my Native American friend, um, you know, and there's a, a Catholic church on every Native American reserve. Do I think that's right? Hell no, I don't. I think they did a lot of bad things. Um, they didn't let them exist as, as their own thing. They're doing it in Africa right now. And if that's what your belief is, you can have at it. 
as long as you're not harming other people. Now I'm going to bring this up because I'm curious about it. Um, what I've seen recently is a lot of stuff because I studied human trafficking is, is moving into pedophilia and normalizing pedophilia. And that for me is a closed fist. That's a closed right? fist. Yeah. yeah. And so we've got now new, uh, and I posted about this, people get upset, but um, the LGBT community, you know, if you want to do that, all the power to you. I, I don't personally care. You can do that. Um, now you're going to bring pedophilia, which they're trying to piggyback on. And I've seen legislation change, judges changes going and try to lower the age to like children. I have a daughter. This is a very closed fist. And I feel like, you know, in this world, when we see, um, yeah, I think it's that idea of, right, which, which, which fist is closed and which one is open. And I feel like we need to know which, which ones those are. And if we're protecting ourselves in our own view, and, and as long as someone's not coming, you know, I feel like in martial arts, it's about protection, right? You protect your home. You know, the Second Amendment, I was always, I was telling you at the beginning, I was anti-Second Amendment and guns. And now I'm looking at what's going on. I was like, well, the gun could just tell them to go away. You know, it's a protecting over government, overstepping your bounds, you know, don't impose. You know, if you look in China, I've been to China, no Facebook, no YouTube. When I was talking to the translators there, because they had translators, I was training uh, with Shaolin monks. They were literally, I could see their body physiology change in fear if we talked about religion or politics, because I just studied Buddhism with Tibetan monks and I thought Buddhism was the same. It's not the same. They say it's the same religion, the same word. It's two different philosophies, not even close. In Tibet, it was all about love and compassion and they were really amazing people and amazing um, uh, educators when we had these deep discussions. And then China was a totally different thing. And so it's a little bit of a... Uh, a random, a random feedback for you, but I'm curious. The question is if you want to add in on that on how do we have the balance of this stay informed um, versus be educated? Because when I look at history, uh, world war one, world war two, the cold war study propaganda, look at what's going on in the coronavirus. A lot of it makes me frightened and I want to be educated. Like how did, you know, world war two happen and they do propaganda. So good people did evil stuff. How did that happen? Well, mm -hmm. there's different manipulation techniques that make good people do bad things. And I don't want to repeat that. I want to move towards solutions, like just living in a, in a, in a, in a world that made sense where we respected each other. Right. And we honored other people's views and beliefs. And uh, we look to um, just create a better world together and just let all the stuff that doesn't matter, not matter. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we live in the most peaceful time of human history. Mm. So it doesn't seem like it because we're bombarded with all the stories and the minutiae of humanity. And humans are, in my belief system, simple. I mean, that's human nature. We tend to gravitate, I mean, towards bad things <laughs> sometimes, you know, and, and it's, and it could be as simple as lying, you know, I mean, that's not, uh, as huge as an issue as human trafficking, but I'm just saying, you know, like it's on, it's a scale, the sliding scale. And so you do have to define your truth. And I define my truth based on the principles of Jesus and that, you know, we need to love others and we need to love him. And that's how I choose to live my life. And loving others does not look 
like letting human trafficking happen or just or buying into that or buying into the porn industry to support that or whatever it is you know like so but i may or may not be called to fight that fight right because i believe that our stories are actually um probably where we should find our purpose in our fight because when you have been through something and you've built some level of credibility um you have some level of empathy for people going through that then i think that's where you should fight your fight and find your truth find the truth that you want to to see propagated you know and if you've survived sexual abuse and you want to help others and that should be your fight and if you have come out of sex trafficking and you want to help others and that should be your fight and everybody can have their own fight and then if we all work together and figure that out then we will make the world even better i mean we don't focus on the good stuff that's happened though you know like i think world overall uh world hunger went down like 19 percent um uh two years ago i think i read a study on that you know and that's huge that is huge you know why don't we gather around that momentum figure out what's going on and pile onto that and work and make that you know go down even more i think there's been a whole lot of um progress in setting up um in entrepreneurship in in third world countries and you know like i mean let's find what's working and pay attention to that and make that explode instead of focusing on all this stuff that's going wrong but I do agree with you that we need to be educated. We have, you, sh you need to know history. I wouldn't go into the rabbit holes of all the conspiracy theories because those conspiracy theories, unless it's your job to root it out, you know, like they're going to happen. I mean, there's, there's powers at work that we don't have the authority to deal with. Um, and I, I equate it to going to the gun range in the military. Um, you know, so when you go to qualify shooting your weapons, right? Uh, let's say you go with a nine millimeter and your maximum effective range is 50 meters. Okay. And they tell you to step up to the line and stay within your left and right limits and shoot down your target. Okay. So my target's 50 meters. Maybe it's closer, but it's not, I'm not going to be more effective outside of 50 meters, you know, and then you go to the range with an M16. And you have a maximum effective range of 300 meters uh, point and 500 meters area. Still, you go, they tell you to watch your left and right limits, and you got to shoot down your targets wherever they pop up. Okay, then as you get better, maybe more training, maybe more responsibility and levels of authority, then they give you an Apache. An Apache has no left and right limits, and its maximum effective range is eight kilometers on its own, and or if you're going to lay as a target for the air force much further so and that's you know what i what i try to equate that to is that as we focus on our thing our fight maybe we are in the responsibility and the rights and privileges to take on bigger fights if if that's where we need to be but um but we definitely need to be educated and informed but not hopeless and despairing because there's a lot of good going on hmm. well that was good to hear and I appreciate it because it's something that I, I consider often is, is how to make an, a meaningful impact. And 
my aunt has kind of been waking up and learning about all this horrible stuff. <laughs> she's, like, what? she's like, what do I do? You know, it's like, I had no idea all this horrible stuff was happening and, you know, trying to process it all. And I said, you know, just being a good person in your life and, and educating in a compassionate way, right? Because she's kind of a fiery lady. She's very, she's very intense. So at first, she's just like kind of shouting at people, kind of dealing, getting really intense. And now it's like coming back and being like, just let it them believe whatever they believe. And you can share, you know, a little bit of that information too. They might be willing, they might be not, but, you know, just be the embodiment of, of what uh, you want to do and making that little little impact. Like I was coaching someone today and I was like, you know, what I look at some of the negative road, which is very negative. Um, and I look at some of the positive potential road and it can be very positive. All I can really do is make the honorable choice each and every day to the best of my ability. And if I make a mistake, own up to it. I don't know everything, you know, I'm just trying my best. And I feel like that's what really helps us um, keep on track is just being honest. If somebody gives us feedback and we really listen and uh, maybe we did something, uh, you know, that was hurtful and we just kind of adjust that a little bit or, you know, we look for the opportunities in our daily life to give back and to contribute. And I really liked, uh, again, one of my native American teachers, David Lonebear would say, you know, just do three kind acts a day, go out of your way to do it and don't tell anyone. And I really love that. And, and um, you know, he would actually, he would quote from many books. He would quote from the Bible often. He would quote, quote from other books. And so, you know, he's a spiritual teacher of his tribe, but, but would look at all these other, other places and other, other spots of wisdom. And um, I think that those principles, it's, they're all great on paper. And how do you live them? You know, like you can, he would, uh, he would say at the parliament of religions, he's like, you have good Christians, you have, you know, bad Christians, you know, some of them are, they're like, it's just like people. He's like, you have good natives, you have bad natives. Like some of them are not, you know, doing a, doing a, you know, maybe virtuous things. So how do we just be that example to the best of our ability, do it through action and not just through um, ideology, you know, he'd say, um, some people's heads in the, they're, they're so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. And I kind of give the analogy of like, you know, I'm going to a meditation retreat and uh, there's a homeless person, right? And he's like, I need help. And I'm like, get out of my way. I'm going to, I'm going, yeah. I'm going to get my meditation on. And so I really like the idea of just finding our thing that, it, that we know is our truth. And, and we just know that, right? It's not, it's not, it doesn't come from outside of us. Um, it's something that we know and have experienced. And it's something that we can verify has meaning and help. We know if we're actually helping and, and, yeah. and following, following that thread. Because if I could push the button to stop human trafficking, if I could push the button to uh, stop starvation and, and all these other things, I'd definitely push that button. And in the meantime, if I can make the little choices along the way, ideally, um, I can make bigger, bigger uh, ripples in the pond of, of just uh, creating. And one, one of the other ideas I like is, uh, um, you know, give it to the hands of God, you know, whatever that is for you, right? Some people it's Jesus, some people it's the universe. I don't care what language you, you use for that, um, but give it, I like nature, you know, give it to the hands of nature. Like I'm going to be in harmony and cooperation with everything. Like, you know, put me where I need to be and I'll do the best that I can. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I mean, I get it. I really do. Uh, there's been uh, a lot of Christians, a lot of religious people who have caused a lot of harm in the world. Um, and I, I, my truth is definitely based on Jesus and not on Christianity uh, by the definition. But um, can you define that? So, like, would you mean like a specific Bible? Because I've I've even had people I've had deep conversations with where they'll go when 
the New Testament versus the Old Testament or vice versa. They're like, this is the one I used. And when I interviewed Jeffrey Doherty, he said the books are mixed up. He said it's not in a chronological order. If you read it in a chronological order, it makes a lot more sense. And he, and he was a former uh, pastor, and he said, I believe in a lot of the principles. I just believe it in a different way now. Yeah, I mean, I believe that the Bible is a, a, a historical document. Um, I believe that it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Um, I do believe that, you know, I mean, I think if you try to get to the translations and blah, 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 and all the perfection of it, that you're going to get caught up in the religiosity of it instead of the beautiful message that we were lost. And now because God loved the world, he sent his son and his son died for us. And now that he died for us, all we believe in him and we have everlasting life and that life can begin now. Uh, here on earth, uh, a life of fullness and joy. And I think that when people know Jesus, they can't help but be moved to love others because that is who he is. The Bible says that God is love. And so when you see Christians, and this is, this is a problem, 70% of Americans say they're Christians or self-professed Christians. And yet, uh, Barna Group did a study about five years ago where they found that only 14% of self-professed Christians were more like Jesus in action and attitude. And I'm like, that's astonishing. And 56% were more like uh, the Pharisees in action and attitude. Hmm. So we have spent a lot of time on the message of Christianity being something about following a religion and obeying rules. When in fact, it's about knowing Jesus as your personal savior and realizing that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And, and by him, people will come to a saving understanding of, of what love and what life can truly be about. And so I, and that's my philosophy. I understand that's not everybody's thought process, but that is my truth. And, and for me, my fight is to help connect people to a greater sense of meaning to hope, help, and purpose. And to that end, that's why we're, we're building tribal that, um, to be the meaning network. And tribal is not faith-based, but we are faith-friendly. Hmm. I like it. Well, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it verbatim, but I love, I love the, um, the connection to like his example, you know, and that's why I like the idea of ascended masters because I also like Buddha. But I appreciate Buddhism as a, as a religion more, like religion to bind. That's my problem with it. And the religious wars and all of that stuff, that stuff's not okay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, liked, I like Buddhism personally the best because it's the more – when I went to the Parliament of World Religions, this is how I equated it when I observed because I talked to a lot of different people, a lot of different faiths. It seemed like religion had rules with consequences. So if you did do this and you didn't do it, you get rewards. You do this right, you get a whole bunch of sweet rewards. Some people get virgins, some people get everlasting life, all kinds of great stuff. If you mess it up, then you get this terrible consequence. Burn in hell for all of eternity, that sounds terrifying. And I remember being a kid and going over to my buddy's house, Ian, and I was like, dude, you got to ask God into your life because you're going to burn in hell forever and this is terrible. Um, So, you know, I don't agree with that personally. And so what I liked about some of the other ones like Buddhism and uh, there's a few others, but just because I know Buddhism a little bit more, it's more like an ideology saying this is our framework and how we operate. And when I look at, um, you know, the noble truths and the, uh, is it the seven noble truths? Now I'm forgetting um, the, 
the four noble truths and the and the seven something I can't remember now. Geez, but um, I just like the framework of that. And and when I would ask them questions, no matter where I was, and this was a a specific monastery, so one one school, right? Every every section has a little bit of a different uh, teaching and a little bit of different thought. But they always really pondered the question. And they came back to love and compassion. And so for them, it was like living the path of Buddha, you know, like you said, like living the path of, uh, path of Christ. And I read uh, the, what does it got? Uh, I have it over here. What is it called? Hold on. I'm going to go get it. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Uh, yes. I got them. These actually are some of my favorite books. This is the life and teachings of the masters of the far East. Mm. And uh, it's a little bit out there. And there's also the Aquarian gospel of Jesus, the Christ, but Jesus shows up in these books a bunch and just lays like a righteous hammer. And they're so good. You know, they're so good, but in the book, so does Buddha. So I'm just like, Holy smokes. And so I, um, I definitely resonate with, with the masters and, and how they lived and, and they live by example, because I feel like be, doing martial arts, like with, looking at Bruce Lee for an example or something, we could all go through Bruce Lee's teachings, but if there's a hundred people there, maybe a hundred people took a different idea from that and they take that truth and they express it in a certain way, they distort it. And so if we can get as close as we can to the fundamentals of what's matter, what matters, what's, what's important and how do we do that in action and embody those principles that are cooperative. Uh, I think that's, uh, I think that's the goal. So I don't know what to think about all that rant. No, I mean, that's, so, so you're right. Religion is all about rewards and consequences. And that's not, and that's what a lot of people put um, Christianity into. And that's what a lot of Christians think it is too. Well, self-professed Christians think it is too, you know, but, and, and, and so that leads a lot of people to struggle with this concept of like reconciling a good and loving God with a world that is very broken and hurtful and people go through very hard things. And so, you know, when you see, I mean, I've seen amazing uh, men and women of God die or go through hard things. I mean, you see, um, you know, uh, missionaries get murdered or whatever it is. And everybody's response is, well, where's your God now? You know, like you're supposed to follow him. Aren't you supposed to be rewarded? Well, the crazy thing is, is that Jesus said that if you follow me, you will be persecuted. And, and yet he promises this everlasting life that starts now. And so uh, to, to me, it's, it's this wonderful story of how even in the hard times, God can use those stories for our good, his glory, and the saving of many people. And this idea that religion or knowing him is not about rewards and consequences that no matter what, if we say, if we profess our belief in him, that we are saved, therefore everything we do comes out of the love for him. It should be driven by love, not because of fear of going to hell or wanting to earn an extra jewel in my crown. Um, you know, when I'm in heaven or whatever it is, you know, like it's, it's it's a it's a weird thing because as humans we want we believe in fair and you know like well this just isn't right you should reward this behavior and punish this behavior um and so it's it's hard to reconcile that but the beautiful thing is is if you live the life that the lord is calling you to and you you know him in my in my belief system you know him and you pursue him he says love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. 
And if you do that, if you pursue that, then we will pursue a wonderful world where, you know, people are, are loved, I guess, and they feel loved. And that is important. I agree. I think, I think that's very important there. You know, I think some of the details, they might be different. One of the, one I'll ask, I'll just ask it directly. So what if, what if you're with me and we're in Nepal with the Buddhist monks and they have a different belief? Is it, if, if you believe in the Lord, is it cool that they believe something else and they still live with compassion? Is that okay? Or does it have to be like, it's gotta be Jesus. Cause they don't believe in, they, they, they believe he existed, but they're just like, you know, you can, you can believe whatever you want, but this is our, our path. It's a little bit different. It's not my job to change hearts or convert people. I'm cool with whatever. <laughs> my, well, not, not whatever. My job is to love others and to love God. That's my job. So I'm not, I'm, it's not my job to proselytize. It's not my job to, to make people believe the way I want them to believe. Uh, I share my story and I let um, God do the work. Uh, if, if that's something that's going to happen, then he'll, it'll happen. I don't need to engineer it or make it happen. And I don't need to be stressed out about it either. So that allows me to enjoy life with a lot of different types of people. And I have a lot of different friends with a lot of different beliefs and it's not my responsibility. Uh, you know, as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. All right. Fair enough. Be the example, believe what you want. You know, we could be friends. I don't believe yeah. the, the exact same thing, but I'd be cool with hanging out with you. You probably have some awesome stories. Uh, um, but, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, it's interesting though, because, and I think that's important is because religion and something polarizing, right? Like something very polarizing can really keep people apart. You know, and so it's like, hey, look, you can even literally believe something that's, you know, to a point, right? Because there's a hard fist. And again, for me, like there's so much pedophilia stuff going on. That's a hard fist. We are not cool. You know what I mean? You, we are not cool. But, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, we, you know? So, but, you know, for other stuff, it's like, you know, we can, we can have a different belief. I have friends that are really hardcore Christians. I have friends that are Buddhists. I have friends that are atheists. I have a lot of friends, spiritual hippie friends. And, you know, some of them on like the scale, it's interesting to see like the example. So some of them on the, the hippie side, they'd be like universal in spirit and meditation. And it all sounds good on paper. And then sometimes the application of those lessons of all these different spiritual teachings, the application when it comes down to it is not, not the greatest example, let's say. And so, you know, it's, when you're just observing it, I think all that we can do is just do the best we can with where we are. And then I like what you said is like, hey, you know, I'd be happy hanging out with you. We might have differences, and, but we could also discuss them. Uh, yeah. like we, we could discuss them and say, why is it, you know, I would, I would, you know, we could do another podcast on some time or, or chat, but it'd be like, I like asking why, why is that the way you believe? How does it, how does it help you? And I feel like that's a really big thing we need to switch here is we need to seek understanding. And so even when I went to the parliament of world religions, this is what, what I said to, and this is why I'm not particularly religious. If I take my daughter there, I use the example. It's like 200 and so, there's 220 religions, religions there. And it's like, go pick the right one. To me, that feels absurd. You know what I mean? I was like, how are you going to pick the right one? There's 220 just in this building. Everybody is there. And I like what uh, my Native American friend, he said, you don't need a, um, 
a broker to God. You know what I mean? You are connected to God in that own way. That's, that's my belief. You, everybody can connect to God in their own heart, in their own way. They might find it through Christianity. They might find it through Buddhism. They might find it through nature. There's a book called uh, The Aquarian Gospel of Jesus the Christ, or is it something else? It's, uh, I think it's something else. Oh, the, shoot, I'm blanking on it. But basically, but basically one of the books, it says there's four ways to know God. One of them is internal, go meditation, like type of deal. One of them is study. One of them is nature. And I forget what the other one is, but those three. And one of my, and so like, if you spend all your time in nature, you can kind of really connect to spirit. And that's kind of how I view it. So, um, you know, it's just, I think there can be different philosophies for knowing God and just allowing other people their space. And, and like I said, this is the point of my rant. I tried to seek the understanding of how they made that connection in hopes that I learned something and not judge them for thinking something differently or believing something differently. Yeah. And you, you started out by saying that, that the, the application falls short of various people's belief systems. And, and I would say that that's true about Christians too. You know, it's a lot of all of us, you know, and that's one of the beautiful things about the Bible and Jesus is that, you know, we all fall short. The Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. And mm. so this idea of grace and mercy is so beautiful. And when you talk about just the divisiveness um, between all of us right now, I think we need to figure out how to have more grace. Let, let people have their stories. Let just like grace, seriously. And I'm going to mess up. And so I would like grace too, you know, and then mercy for others. I mean, forgiveness, you know, like it's, it's compassion, it's empathy, you know, and, and honestly, if we could get to the place where we were so, where we loved others so much that we were literally unoffendable, you know, it just didn't offend me what you're believing because I want to know your story. I want to know what took you there? Why do you feel that way? What's, you know, like, uh, I want to be a resource where maybe, maybe there's some kind of good that can come from knowing me and being in relationship with me, um, or other people who, who also want to see more grace and mercy and love in the world. Well, you know, actually it's funny because you're sharing this and I'm reminded of a very deep conversation I had with a friend of mine. His wife is, is very religious, grew up in a very religious family and she's Christian. And we had a really deep chat about it. And so I was asking her questions and she, she was actually giving me responses I didn't, I didn't expect. And so I say, Oh, it's, so I was like, well, I don't, you know, I was thinking, I was like, I don't believe that, but I keep going down, down the line to try to figure out what she thought. Right. And what she believed. And when we got down to it, um, she really believed in God and the universal principle. And she said, give, give it over to God. Right. So I, I, I prayed and I, and I, and I, and I gave my you know, life over to God and, and, you know, the pursuit of all the values, all the good things that the Bible has in it, like all the good stuff and had a serious faith. And she created a lot of success. She was, she was an absolutely a wonderful example, an absolute wonderful human being. We'll give you the shirt off her back. She's amazing. Um, and is the example. And to me, when she, when I f zoned in on, oh, this is her core operating system. She was so congruent with that, with, with living those principles. And she is when you know her and experienced great success. And so at the end of it, what, what I finally got to, I said, Hey, I was like, do you know, I know other people who, who've done what you've done applying those same principles. The only difference was the, the, it was Jesus. It was just a different person. 
It was a different thing. I was like, same principles, different idea. It kind of, that surprised her a little bit, but you know, she, it, it, it just showed an example to me because those, the, all the fundamental virtues, all the way that she acts, the way that she shows up, who she is, um, all amazing. And because of that in the, in the life has, has received rewards has received, like has been able to manifest in that certain way and stays congruent with that. And so uh, I think that at the root, and that's what I like, I, I look at a lot of them for me, like this is a, you know, spirituality podcast. So I've had a lot of discussions on different views, but when we uncover those basic principles and we can actually apply them, I think we're going to experience those results and, uh, it could be a really beautiful thing, especially if we could just start having compassion for one another and not, you know, stoning them for, for believing something. Cause even some people have a, a belief from age 20 to 30 and then 30 to 40 and then 40 to 50 and 50 to 60. And, and uh, you know, we're not all going to be the same here. We're a lot of unique uh, individuals. Yeah. Well, hopefully we grow and hopefully, you know, hopefully we figure out how to, to let people grow and, and to mess up. And, you know, it's, it's different. We're in, we're, we're always under a magnifying glass right now, you know, and the world, honestly, like the world seems to reward at least some, some parts of the world, um, seem to reward authenticity, you know, uh, kindness and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and that's, that's a good thing. Like we should as a world system. (laughs) That's a truth. I think, you know, some of them would just be truth. Like kindness is good. Like what's the vote on that? You know what I mean? Compassion. You know know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm good at, good at landing there. You know, the, uh, the, the thing is, is can we, can we try to make that the dominant message, you know, in, Mm -hmm. um, and, and just kind of refocus people and say, look, there's a lot of people who've messed up over the years, <laughs> a lot of people, you know, and some of them are in public. Some of them aren't, you know, um, we all have opportunities as humans to grow and to become better versions of ourselves the next day. And that is what life should be about is to figure out how to grow, how to do better. Uh, I love, and this is not from the Bible. This is from Anne of Green Gables. Uh, <laughs> it's talking about... <laughs> How in of Green Gables, she had a, a teacher tell her that, you know, tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet, you know. And so if we could just keep moving mm-hmm. forward and, and realize that there's always hope and there's always purpose, there's some kind mm-hmm. of purpose out there for you. And no matter how crappy your life has been how things have happened to you or what you've done (laughs) like you know there is always an opportunity to become better and to try to improve i love that well i know know we went a little bit over time you got uh, some things to do but i appreciate your time um i appreciate sharing this perspective and going back and forth you know we we believe slightly different things and we don't want to hurt each other isn't that amazing it's, it's <laughs> wonderful it's like a shining example <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable um, oh i remembered have you ever heard about jesus in the essenes you ever heard about that i i have not is this a-s-c-e-a-n-s e-s-s-e-n-e-s it's interesting but that's where there's the four ways to know god and and it kind of like talks about you know a collective of people that 
knew he was coming and all kinds of interesting stuff. And we've, we discussed this before our podcast. I go down all the rabbit holes. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I Remember have how I said, I don't go down rabbit holes. <laughs> I, I go, I, yeah. I, I go down all of them. I'm stuck in there. I have you to pull me out in the helicopter. He's like, Matt's lost, <laughs> Matt's lost in one again. Let's help him out. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything that you want to share or leave the listeners with and make sure um, they can check out the app and, and your work and, and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I guess I should promote our app. So yes. <laughs> we're, we're opening up. Tribal is normally done for organizations, uh, for its leader led, basically. But we are, because of the times that we're in right now, opening up a tribe, tribal for all. Um, so anybody can come and find some stories of hope, help, and purpose and maybe share their stories of hope, help, and purpose. So uh, if you go to tribalapp.com, and I believe that the page is um, to click on is Experience Tribal. Um, and that will uh, give you the invite to our public beta for our Tribal for All. Awesome. And if people want to find more about you and your work, do they go to Tribal? Do you have a separate thing or just, just Tribal? Uh, Tribalapp.com. You can look me up on LinkedIn too, if you want to. Rachel Jackson <laughs> with an A, R-A-C-H-A-E-L right on well <laughs> thanks so much for your time thanks for your work thanks for being the example and uh it was lovely lovely conversing with you and uh discussing all these topics i feel like a lot of the points are, are really important and what i've learned at least in this little section is we're not all going to believe the same thing it's absurd to think so your closest friend your mother your father your sister your daughter you know as we go through life we're going to have different perceptions we can only have that one perception and and if we can allow space and compassion and acceptance acceptance would be amazing <laughs> and that's, I mean, you don't even have to accept it as right just give them the space to be them <laughs> like yeah, you yeah. Know? if we could do that and make a community garden this is like community gardens good we have food water shelter yeah. everybody doesn't kill each other we're good with that okay we good? That good? okay let's that's start there yeah. <laughs> uh well nice chatting with you thanks for coming on the show and uh yeah i guess we'll, we'll stay in touch all right. Thanks so much, Matt. Yeah. Anytime. Okay. My pleasure. See you guys. Thanks for watching. Peace. Thanks. All right, guys, there you have it. The amazing Rachel Jackson. She is an absolute badass, a former Apache helicopter pilot, really incredible uh, stories that she has a really incredible journey. And she is directing her new purpose toward community. And I think that's a very beautiful thing. When I studied with Native American elder David Lone Bear Senapas, he used to say church equals community. And I really love that. And so, like I said at the beginning, you know, we didn't agree on everything, but I do think that her views and her way of life, uh, uh, certainly has value and there's certainly lessons there however you create your own connection with God spirit the universe whether it's Jesus Christ Buddha another way whether it's more of the a way that the indigenous cultures do, whatever that is to you, some sort of meaningful connection to spirit, and then honor other people's connections, have a dialogue, figure out how they connect with spirit. Um, you know, what is it they do? How does their practice work for them? And if we can do that thing, we're, we're all gonna get closer to spirit. And, and now is a very important time for community, for tolerance, for understanding, for listening, and uh, 
yeah, so that's it. Um, I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode. If you liked it, please share it. Leave a review on iTunes. Consider becoming a patron. You can also join the Academy as well. We'd love to see you in there. And you can get access to the Soul Compass course, Brainwave Entrainments. Uh, you can also get exclusive content from past guests, uh, lectures, and all kinds of amazing stuff. So check that out. you find it at mattbelair.com. And um, that's it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with peace, joy, empathy, compassion, courage, strength, connection, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>